you are concluding our Google It sermon series today. We've spent several weeks looking at different uh, words, terms, um, taking into consideration what the very influential and popular internet search engine has to say about those things and comparing or contrasting or using what the internet has to say about those things as a jumping point to what the scriptures say about the thing or what the church says about the thing, what we have to say about the thing theologically. Uh, Today's word is human, human, something that most of us here probably know a thing or two about. We are going to the third chapter of Genesis for our scripture reading this morning. Uh, This is uh, the moment after Adam and Eve eat not a gumdrop, but the fruit from the one tree, the one fruit out of all the fruit that they were not supposed to eat, and of course they ate it. So we're picking up right after that happens. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The Lord God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you to not eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. To the man he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord made garments out of skins for the man and his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, 
knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a sword flaming and turned to guard the way to the tree of life. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? God, for many of us, the, the story of the, the fall of our, of our kinfolk is a familiar story. We ask today, God, that you might meet us in this moment in unfamiliar ways, unexpected ways unfiltered ways. We pray that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. So I began this week as I've began um, many weeks uh, recently. I started off by going to the internet and typing into Google a term or a question. And the question this week was, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human? Actually, a lot of the, the responses that popped up from Google uh, pointed out the fact that how we perceive what it means to be human is drastically different now than what it was, say, 500 years ago. And they pointed out that, that our understanding of ourselves as human is something that continues uh, to develop as it has ever since there have been humans. What it means to be human, according to the Internet, in 2022 is drastically different than 1522. We have advances in, in science and medicine, philosophy and, and psychiatry. Uh, we're far more mobile now which changes things. And we definitely have had a move from being uh, community-centered creatures to creatures who prefer their autonomy. So you have all these factors and, and more that contribute to this ever-evolving definition of what it means to be human, what it means to be one of us. And sometimes we humans, we like to make things overly complicated. And sometimes those complications are a good thing because those complications can help us uh, gain a better understanding of ourselves. Those complications can sometimes lead us to a better version of ourselves. For example, um, throughout history, we have um, slowly, and we're still not there yet, but we have slowly uh, begun this process of understanding that all humans are equal. Our understanding of that equality is far more greater now than it has ever been. Again, we still have some ways to go, but we come to this understanding because of complications. 
Now, the church should always have been in the business of considering all humans as equal because our fundamental understanding of ourselves is that we all come from the same place, and it is to that same place that we shall return. Complications and understanding what it means to be human are, are good and necessary sometimes, but sometimes we just need the simple reminder of the basic truth that we are dust. We are dust with the borrowed breath of God in our nostrils. We are dust, and to dust we shall return. And because this dust with the borrowed breath of God in our nostrils is a, a fallen humanity, God has decreed that we are now subject to all types of feelings, many types of feelings that we would rather avoid. He tells Adam and Eve, there's, there's now going to be pain and, and toil and, and some of these things that, that you're going to deem to be unpleasant because of your fallenness. You see, prior to that moment, Adam and Eve's experience, their feelings were all pleasant, euphoric, because there was no sin. There was no brokenness. But because of that fall, the dust is now subject to all kinds of feelings, wanted and unwanted. To be human, friends, is to feel. To be human is to feel those wanted and unwanted things. To be human is to feel. To feel pain. To feel grief. To feel sorrow. To feel love. To feel joy. To feel anger. To be human is to feel shame and guilt, loneliness, despair, pride, hope. To be human is to feel. If you would allow me, I want to share with you four hours of Jabe's feelings on a random Tuesday in July from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. I woke up on this particular Tuesday with an impending sense of doom. I felt an impending sense of doom. Wasn't sure why, as soon as my eyes opened, that's what I felt. I got up and I opened the curtain to the sliding glass door that overlooks our backyard. And I see a big fat hummingbird 
helping itself to breakfast at the feeder. And I remembered what Jesus said about the birds of the air and worry. And so that, that feeling of impending doom, it left and it was replaced. I did not feel worry anymore. I actually felt at ease. The bird reminded me that it's possible to feel at peace, and I did. So I got ready, and I got into the car. And as I was backing out of the driveway, I noticed that a raccoon or a possum had gotten into the outdoor trash again. The second time in a week. And I felt angry. Very angry. And then as I picked up a couple items and texted Amber to tell her to get the rest, <laughs> I thought to myself, how strange is it to feel angry toward a raccoon or a possum whom you do not know and have never met? So then I felt silly. I felt silly and I laughed at myself and I got back on the road. And on the drive to the church, I passed by a gas station and I noticed the gas price. And it's a little bit better than what it was, but it was still a lot. And there comes that feeling again, that feeling of worry. I start thinking about inflation and budgeting and this and that, and, and worry creeps right back in there. That's what I feel. And then I get to the traffic circle. And I sit there for a very long time. And then sitting there, waiting, I'm reminded, now would be a good time to pray. And so I pray a simple prayer, a prayer of gratitude, and all of a sudden that that feeling of worry, it disperses and it's replaced by good feelings, feelings of joy and gratitude. I have all I've ever needed and all I ever wanted. It is good. I feel good. Coming to the church and I see our friend Kathy and she'd been away and I hear about the stories of the family trip to Ohio and it makes me feel happy to hear about this happy trip. So then I sit down to check email, and the email will not load properly. I try everything I know to try to make the email load properly, but it still does not load properly. So guess what? Now I feel frustrated. No more happy. Only frustration. I finally figure it out. Then I look at my pastoral care list, and I feel burdened. Not because I have to do the work, but because so many of our beloved people are burdened. I feel burdened. I pray and I come up with a plan for how to approach the day and I feel prepared. Prepared, that's a good feeling. Now that I feel prepared, I decide it's a good time to look at the, the sermon notes that I started making uh, the previous day for this sermon that you are not hearing right now. I sit down and look at those sermon notes that I worked on the day before, and let me tell you, it was garbage. 
just like the garbage in the driveway, that the raccoon or possum had scattered, it was garbage. And now I feel disappointed, disappointed in myself. Got to do better. Before long, the phone rings, and I have a conversation with the man who just lost his wife a few days prior. I had not met these people in person, but they knew me. I felt honored when he asked me to share a few words at her funeral in a couple of days. Before we hang up, he tells me that his wife actually loved me, although we had not met. I felt loved. He told me that she loved my sense of humor and she loved my simplicity. I'm still not sure what to take. What to, But his telling me that, that she loved me, it, it moved me to, to tears. I felt the touch of God in that moment. That good feeling, it, it, um, it soon fades because all of a sudden I realize that I feel hungry. And because I have this, this body, because I am human, this body has needs, one of those needs is food, and I'm hungry. I'm going to, to lunch this particular day with, with a couple of parishioners who are also friends, and, and we're going to a place that has a diverse menu, a diverse menu full of things that I should not eat. I then feel guilty. I feel guilty for eating something that I have not ordered yet. Soon the phone rings again, and it is my friend, Reverend C.J. Ross, who calls to invite me to preach at his church in a couple of months, and I'm humbled. I feel overwhelmed with joy that somebody that I love and respect so much thinks so much of me to trust me to stand in his pulpit. He tells me he loves me, and again, I feel that same feeling that God is touching me in this moment. Motivated by the good feelings from the conversation with CJ, I decide to delete the garbage sermon. I figure I will just subject the congregation to 10 minutes of hearing me talk about my feelings on a random Tuesday between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. I feel better. Sermon's going to be okay, I think. In 30 minutes, I'm going to be joined by friends who I can share my feelings with. And we're going to eat some things that I should not eat. And then, when you know it, that feeling of guilt creeps back in. I appreciate you allowing me to be vulnerable this morning with my feelings. Can you relate? Are you human too? Do you feel? I mean, think about it. Just that, that wide, just roller coaster of feelings in, in, in just the four hour window of being human. What? In four hours, 
all these different feelings. To be human is to feel. I hope you can relate. Pretty sure you can. You know, a moment ago, I, I, I mentioned vulnerability. And to be human is to be vulnerable in many ways. Vulnerable. To be human is to be vulnerable to a, a wide range of feelings. Want it and unwant it. Not just in four-hour windows, but, but all the time. But also, more than that, because we are human, we are also vulnerable to many other things, not just feelings. We're vulnerable to sickness. We're vulnerable to death. And a lot of the feelings that, that, that we try to avoid in life, they're present in us because of that vulnerability. But we are dust. We are dust. You know, after I deleted the garbage sermon, I, I went back and, and I was just reading the text a little closer. And, and you know, I read it many times, but I guess I get so hung up on the dust thing that I, I, I didn't pay enough attention to what happened afterwards. So, you know, it's familiar to me. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's familiar, I, I get it. But then what happens next is God does something that I, I, I guess God had to do, but it, it just, it's never really stood out like this before. Then, then the Lord God said, see, the man has become like one of us. God says, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now, God says, he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. God drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a sword flaming to guard the way to the tree of life. God guards the way to the tree of life so that humanity cannot access it, and therefore live forever. Extra measures of security. But you see, later on in the story, of God interacting with all of creation and humanity. Later on, it is 
this Jesus. One of the us of the Trinity. One of the us of the humanity. Fully human, fully divine. This Jesus. Through a tree of death. makes possible once again the tree of life. It is this Jesus who tells the increased security it is time to stand down. It is this Jesus through a tree of death who says, it is finished. Let my sisters and brothers back into the garden. It is this Jesus who says, it's time to restore paradise. It is time. It is this Jesus who says, let them eat and let them live forever. What does it mean to be human? It means that we are dust and to dust we shall return. Because the tree of death has been transformed into a tree of life, the dust has been forgiven, reconciled, and redeemed. What does it mean to be human? It means that when the gift of the baroque breath of God in our nostrils gives out, we still live. To be human means that death is something that happens in life. It is not something that happens to life. By the grace of God, to be human is to be alive. Do you feel it? Do you feel alive? Pray with me, please. God, we give you thanks for the gift of the breath, the gift of our being. We give you thanks for the gift of feelings, our vulnerabilities. give you thanks for life, our life in you that will never end. We give you thanks for Jesus making the way. It's through Jesus, the crucified and risen one, that we pray. And all God's people say,